Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Uh, about six, six and a half years ago, it wasn't Father's Day, but um, uh, I said, if you ever wonder what I would look like at 80 years old, then uh, you could take a look at the front row because my dad is here. But here's the joke today. If you ever wonder what I'm going to look like at 86 years old, please welcome my father, Ken Kerrigan, who is here today. So. It really is an honor to have him here. Um, as you, you guys know my family story, we've had a tough couple of months, Dad and I. Uh, if, if you're visiting and don't know the story, my, uh, my stepmother passed away a few months ago, uh, and then my brother, uh, he, he lost a battle with cancer uh, three weeks ago. And um, when, when I was with my dad, when my brother passed, we were just, it was just a bad day, and we were talking about it. And he goes, hey, do you think I could come to Texas and spend Father's Day with you? I was like, 86-year-old guy wants to get on a four-hour flight from New York? Yes, absolutely, we can make that happen. So it's just really special to get to have him here uh, with me on Father's Day. I, I, I grew up with two dads. I, of course, I have my stepfather. I love both my dads. And I want to get into something about both of my fathers today, and it's actually an illustration for the message. Both of these men, my dad and my stepdad, have changed dramatically. Both guys are in their 80s, but these are not the same men that I, I grew up with. My, my stepdad was an engineer, he was a rocket scientist, but he was so focused on NASA and, and you know, his big brain, he wasn't like super emotionally available, if you will. Um, but as he's grown in his walk with God, now he's this big teddy bear. He's, just, you know, he's super emotional. I never saw my stepdad cry until a few years ago. And Why? Because he's changed. He's not the same man he was 40 years ago. He, over his course of his life, he's a different guy. And if you've heard any of my story from my father who's here today, um, he was a, a, an alcoholic for, for many, many years. Uh, he smoked a pack or two cigarettes a day. Um, he was uh, really overweight. He was in bad health. Um, I was actually joking with him. Uh, so a year ago, my uncle died. His brother died. Six months ago, my stepmom died. Uh, three weeks ago, uh, my brother died. And then I was asking about another one of his friends, and he goes, oh, no, he's dead too. And I made this joke. It's, you know, what else are you going to do when everybody's dying? You just want to make a joke. I said, after the way that you smoked and drank and ate, did you ever think that you would be alive and outlive all these people? And he said, no, I, honestly, I thought I would be long gone by now. So what has changed that over 86 years, he is here today. He's changed. He is not the same man he used to be. About 30 years ago, he completely quit smoking and he got sober, no longer an alcoholic, and he lost 80 pounds. He's changed. He didn't do that until he was in his about 60 years old. Three years ago, he had a stroke that just about killed him. But he learned how to walk again and learned how to talk again and learned how to eat again because he's a fighter and he, he made changes in his life. Just a few years ago, because of all the damage he had done to his lungs from smoking, he, he had such bad COPD, he couldn't honestly, he couldn't walk 20 steps without having to stop, hold on to something, take a hit of the inhaler, and just breathe for a minute. But after losing all that weight and after stopping smoking for 30 years or 25 years, his lungs are, his lungs are better now than 40 years ago. 
because he's getting stronger because he made changes. So let me just, this is the, the message for today, and here's a very simple truth. Whether you're young or old, you need to hear this. It's never too late to make changes in your life. It's never too late. Whatever age you are, it's never too late. It's never too late to quit smoking. It's never too late to, 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 to quit drinking. It's never too late to quit getting high or looking at porn or getting angry or being selfish or being greedy or being angry or, or whatever your sin is, it's never too late to stop and start loving Jesus better. Anybody can change at any time. And I'll tell you this, you make all those changes in your life for good, you'll be glad you did. Two weeks ago, I read this Bible verse and I want to circle back to it because it's about people that made changes in their life. And I think it's important that we look at the Word of God and, and the situation that we live in in the, the world today. First Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth, and it was a warning, a big warning. He said, guys, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Not the sexually immoral, not idolaters or adulterers or men who practice homosexuality or thieves or the greedy or drunkards or revilers or swindlers, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. And look at verse 11. And some of these type of things were you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. So I, I, you have to get a picture, we hear this 2,000 years later, and it doesn't always hit hard. The city of Corinth was Sin City. It was a port city on the Mediterranean, and it's where all the sailors and like the, the pirates, and I don't mean like arg pirates, I mean like the bad guys that lived on the, on the ocean. Um, it was, sexual sin was rampant in the city of Corinth. There, they had um, Greek gods, even though they were a Roman culture, they worshiped the Greek gods. And the Greek goddess of Aphrodite was Queen Jellybean in Corinth. These were a heavily sexualized people. They worshiped women. So the apostle Paul gets off the boat and he starts preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's like, listen, all y'all people that are sexually immoral, idolaters, homosexuals, thieves, drunkards, you that are verbally abusive, you that are swindlers, y'all will not inherit the kingdom of God except for verse 11. Some of you used to be like that, but your sins were washed away. You made Jesus the Lord of your life. He has made you holy by his Holy Spirit. So if you think it's too late for you to change or that you'll never change, that is a lie. If you think, man, I'm always gonna struggle with sin, I'm always gonna struggle with my health, I'm always gonna struggle with my mental health, I'm always gonna struggle with poverty, that is a lie because it's never too late to make changes in your life. And here's the funny thing, God calls us to change, but he's not going to ask you to do something that you are incapable of doing. So if he's gonna call you to change, he's also going to empower you to make those changes. Paul also wrote this to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, you guys need to put off your old self. Because your old self, that old former of life, that is, it's corrupted in all of your deceitful desires. You need to be renewed by the Holy Spirit of your mind. And to put on a new self, 
created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So God is not going to ask you to do something if it weren't possible to do so. You need to put on a new Jesus version of yourself. And like, like, like putting on new clothes and you're taking off dirty clothes. You take off the worldly, unrighteous way you used to live and you put on holiness. You put on righteousness. It is possible it's never too late to make changes. Just look at, the, I, I think sometimes the, 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 the disciples... These guys get put up on a pedestal because they were great men of God that did great things. But you have to go back and remember, these were not like religiously trained, like super spiritual giants. These were blue collar. Most of them were fishermen. Like these were just like regular guys. They were tough guys. And Jesus came and just said, hey, follow me. And they did. Now, and of course, they were, they were Jews in Israel, so they would have had basic Jewish education, but they weren't trained to be religious leaders in a big worldwide movement. They were willing to humble themselves, follow Jesus, and put on the image of Christ on their life. They, they, they were willing to learn and, and, and serve and ask questions and make mistakes, and, and Jesus would correct their mistakes, and they grew into these powerful godly men but it was only because they, they, they fixed their eyes on Jesus and they kept following him and the Holy Spirit allowed them to make all sorts of changes in your life. There's a lot of different stories of people and I was trying to pick a story or two of people in the Bible that made changes. And there was one that, that I used to love um, when I first gave my heart to Jesus and as a young person. And it's the story of Onesimus. Not everybody knows the story of Onesimus. Onesimus was, in the New Testament, he was a bond servant or a slave in the city of Colossae. And he worked for a guy named Philemon. Now that might ring a bell because there's a book in your Bible called Philemon. Philemon was the pastor of the church in Colossae. So of the Colossian church, Philemon was the pastor. And Onesimus was his bondservant, one of his employees or his slaves. But here's the problem. Onesimus got mad. He stole from Philemon, and then he ran off and became a fugitive from justice. Now, it's a little bit unclear, but somehow Onesimus ended up in Rome. And somehow he ended up working for Paul, even though Paul was in prison. So it's a pretty good guess that somehow Onesimus got arrested for being a thief, and he was in prison with Paul, and he served his time perhaps, but while he had an encounter with Paul, he gave his heart to Jesus. And he humbled himself to the Apostle Paul, and he began to be a student of the Apostle Paul, and he began to learn the ways of the Lord Jesus. And he spent years serving Paul. I don't know the story, I don't know the history, maybe he got out of jail, but then he kept going back to serve Paul. Now here's the ironic thing that, that was lost on us in English. The, the term, the word Onesimus in Greek means useful. But to Philemon, Onesimus was useless because he was a thief and he stole from him. And he, and he hurt the, the Philemon, he probably hurt the church in Colossae. He ran off to Rome. He ran off with Philemon's money. And then after years of discipleship, after years of, of, of putting off his old self and putting on his new self, Onesimus changed. And Paul wrote a letter, and it's ironic because he wanted, he probably sealed it, and then he gave it to Onesimus to carry back to Philemon, and that's actually what's in your Bible, Philemon chapter 1, verse 10. Paul wrote, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I have become here in my imprisonment. Formally, and Paul's doing a play on words, formally he was useless to you. 
but now he is indeed very useful to me and to you. So I'm sending him back to you, and look at what Paul says. Paul doesn't write like this very often. I'm sending him back to you with my own very heart. I would have been glad to keep him here with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. Jump down to verse 15. But for this very purpose, this is why he was parted from you a while back, that you might have him back now forever and ever, because he's no longer a bondservant. He's more than a bondservant. He is a beloved brother, especially to me, how much more to you in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me to be your partner, I want you to receive Onesimus in the same way that you would receive me, the Apostle Paul. And then he signed the letter with his own hand. Listen, I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what great successes or failures you think you've had in your life. But if you ever think that you are useless and it's too late for you to change, I'm telling you it's not. Because no matter what your past is, you can't run so far from God that he can't completely transform your life and make you useful to the church, useful to the kingdom of heaven. You might see yourself as an outsider, but God sees you as a part of his family. It's never too late to make those changes. Onesimus literally lived up to his name. He started out as a young man, useless, but he became useful to Paul, useful to the body of Christ, useful to the church in Colossae, useful to Philemon. So that's why he was sent back, not as a slave, but as a brother, as a leader in the body of Christ. If you spend years and years and years learning from Paul, you're not going to go back and, and, and start at the bottom. I'm sure he came back to the church in Colossae as a leader in the body of Christ. Why? He humbled himself. He thought he was running from God, but he ran into the Father's loving arms. He ran to God. He humbled himself. He repented of his sin. He got right with the Lord Jesus. He found somebody that could teach him, and, and he learned from Paul, and he served Paul, and Paul became his spiritual father. He became a son to Paul. Paul, if you don't know, Paul never married. He never had children, but he had a, a spiritual son. He had a son named Onesimus. He said, I'm sending you with my own very heart. Why? Because it's never too late to make changes in your life. So you might think, no, no dude, you don't know. I, I, I've, I've been drinking so long. I've been smoking so long. I've been getting high so long. I've been looking at porn so long. I've been sleeping with people I'm married to so long. I've been in a homosexual relationship so long. I've been stealing from my work so long. I've been lying. I've been angry. I've been a jerk so long. I could never make changes. Let me tell you something. The Bible is not only saying you can, but here's how you can. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. What does that mean? Be changed by the renewing of your mind. That the testing that you might discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. You want to change the way you act, it starts with changing the way you think. You want to be transformed to be like Christ, you have to take on the mind of Christ. You need to think from heaven's perspective, not the world's perspective. Stop thinking about the world first and what's in this world first and entertainment of this world first. You need to think from heaven's perspective, from the kingdom's perspective. Stop being so fascinated with the world. I want you to be more fascinated with heaven. I want you to be fascinated with the Bible. I want you to be fascinated with God and his beauty and his holiness and his ways. Because here's the reason. You weren't created for this world. You were created for this world. You were created for heaven. I know we spend 80, 90 years here, but we're not created for this. We're created to have the relationship with God forever and ever and ever. That's what you're created for. But we spend so much time focusing on our, our, our short life here. We should be focusing on our eternal life, 
by learning to worship and learning to abide in the presence of God because that's where we'll be forever. I think so many Christians are gonna be shocked when they die and wake up in heaven because they're not gonna know how to worship, they're not gonna know how to honor, they're not gonna know how to bow before the Lord and bless him. But that's what heaven is all about, is blessing the Lord forever and ever and ever. You weren't created for this world. You weren't created for sin in this world. You shouldn't, I'm not saying you can't sin, I'm just saying you shouldn't be good at it and you shouldn't enjoy it. There's an analogy I've been using the last few weeks and I don't know why I can't get away from it. And that is a hammer is really good at driving nails and terrible at holding a cup of coffee. But a coffee cup is really good at holding a cup of coffee but terrible at driving a nail. We need to live our lives according to our created and designed purpose in life. And sadly, even the church, we think our value comes from what we do and what we've done, not from who we've been created to be. So I, that was good preaching right there. So sometimes we examine our own lives and in our own mind, we look back and we think, I was really good at this. I was really good at work. I was really good at making money. I was really good at my family. I was really good at whatever. Or we look back and we go, oh, man, I was really bad at that. I, I shouldn't have been doing all those drugs. I shouldn't have been getting drunk all the time. I shouldn't have been getting high all the time. I shouldn't have been such a jerk. And we look back and we get our identity today based on our past. But in the kingdom of God, we don't draw our identity from our past. We draw our identity from our created purpose. And you were created to have relationship with God. You were created for holiness. You were created for righteousness. You were created for worship. You were created to take the kingdom of God and release it onto the earth. That's what you're, so your past doesn't change your future. You need to live according to your created purpose. And you were created before the beginning of the world. Romans chapter 8 says, before you were even predestined, you were created to be conformed, to be changed into the very image of his son, Jesus. That's your purpose in life, to be transformed, to be changed, to be more like Jesus. See, God sees who you used to be, but it doesn't, he's not bothered by what you used to be, good or bad. He's only looking forward that you would be created in the image of the Lord Jesus. I've got a hammer in my toolbox. I don't know when I bought it. I don't know if it was given to me. I don't know if I stole it. Like, you know, you have a couple of those tools that just show up in your toolbox and you're like, pretty, pretty sure I stole that. Like, I have no idea how this hammer got in my toolbox. It has moved with me around the world. It has moved with me all over the United States. It is an ancient hammer. It is dinged up. It has been dropped from a second, three stories off the roof. It has paint on it. It has drywall mud on it. It's got rust on it. It's got scratches on it. But regardless of that hammer's past, it's still really good at its design purpose. It's still really good at driving nails. So don't let your past ruin your design purpose in life. You're like, well, I, I just, my, I look at my life and I think, man, I'll never change. All this stuff has been stacking up. I don't care about your past. All I see is your created purpose and you're amazing. You're a worshiper. You are holy. You are meant to know God and have relationship with God. May I remind you that the apostle Paul himself, the guy that wrote most of your New Testament, he started his career by hating God, hating Jesus, hating Jesus' followers, beating and imprisoning Jesus' followers. But he had an encounter with God. And what? He changed. It's never too late to make changes. He became the greatest missionary in history. King David, for the Jewish people, was a murderer and an adulterer. But because he repented of his sin and he returned to the ways of God, he returned to being a worshiper of God. 
Back in the New Testament, a few weeks ago, I took the team in Israel to the city of Caesarea, and I reminded them from Acts chapter 10 that there was a Gentile Roman centurion, a guy who was sent from Rome to literally control the Jewish people. But he started hearing stories about Jesus and about his resurrection from the dead. And he called for Peter, who was the head of the church, former fisherman. He said, Peter, would you come tell me about Jesus? So Peter went to Caesarea and he, um, he preached the gospel to Cornelius and Cornelius gave his heart to Jesus. He was baptized. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He prayed in other tongues. He led his whole family and all of his troops to know Jesus. Why? He changed. He didn't stay the same. Do you remember the woman at the well with, uh, in the middle of the day with Jesus? Jesus shouldn't even have been talking to her, but she's drawing her water. He says, hey, can you give me some living water, some of that? some of that water. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. You shouldn't even be talking to me. And he called her out. He didn't shame her because of her past. He called her back to her created identity. She had been married five times. She was living in sexual sin, but she had an encounter with Jesus. She went back to her Samaritan village and she led everybody to Jesus. Moses was a murderer and a fugitive from justice, but Moses learned the ways of God. And he humbled himself and he changed to become who God called him to be. And he led the nation of Israel in freedom from their slavery. Hop up on your feet. Because we're going to deal with some things in your life that need to change. Here's the bottom line. Everybody can change. It's never too late that change starts in your mind. Don't wait. I was talking to my dad this morning and he said, what are you talking about today? I said, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about that you've changed that you're not the same guy I knew 40 years ago. You've completely changed. You know, and he said, can I tell you something about stopping smoking and stopping drinking and stopping, you know, being overweight and all that? He said, I wish I would have made those changes sooner in my life. So how, he was in his 60s. How old are you today and what do you need to change? What has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you the last 20 minutes? Like, dude, it's not too late. You can still make changes for this in your life. Some of you are older, some of you are younger, but God doesn't want you to go another day without making changes. It doesn't always have to be a big grand gesture. Sometimes it's something small, like maybe you gave your heart to Jesus, but you haven't been baptized in water. Sign up to get baptized in water. Maybe you've been attending this church, but you know God wants you to be a member. Next Sunday is membership class. Today is the last day to sign up, so become a member of this church. Maybe you are a member of this church, but you're not serving on a team. We really need you to step up and start serving. Maybe you feel disconnected from the church. We just started groups, small groups, so sign up and go to a U group this week. It doesn't always have to be some major change. Sometimes it's a minor change. In Israel last week, we were building up at home, and you know some of these boards we were laying out were 20, 21 feet long. And I remember one time I was working with a contractor, a guy who came down from a church in Kansas to help us out. And we put the level on it and I go, it's pretty level. It's probably only like an eighth or quarter of an inch off. And then he pointed, he said, yeah, but 21 feet later, it's gonna be three inches off. You wanna make a major change 20 years from now? Make a small change today. Just do something, just do something. The Apostle Paul uses the analogy several times that our lives are like a race. Our lives are like a marathon. You know something interesting about a race or a marathon? If you stand still, you lose. In the body of Christ, you can't 
coast. You can't leave it in neutral. You can't just stand there. Because everybody else is running their race for Jesus. If you're not doing anything to change to become more like him, you're backsliding. So follow after the example of Onesimus. You might think there's areas of your life where you've been useless. I'm telling you all you need to do is run to the Father's love, get yourself under some discipleship, get yourself under some training, find some people that can encourage you, find some spiritual fathers, and grow and change and transform your life. Hey, if you are mature in faith, and there's we, we never stop changing, but if you are mature in faith, at whatever age you are, I need you so desperately to be a spiritual parent to other people coming up behind you. It has nothing to do with age. It has to do with spiritual adulthood. And I need, we have got so many spiritual orphans in the body of Christ. I need you to build relationships and help to mentor and encourage people, help to find the created value in people's lives. And if you're new to Jesus stuff, if God's still working some stuff out in you, be like Onesimus. Stick with some leaders, stick with the church, serve, humble, ask questions, learn, show up every time the doors are open. Changes don't happen by accident, changes don't happen alone. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. But we're gonna go into a time of worship and prayer. I want you personally to go, God, what do I need to change in my life? Something in my health, something in my mind, something in my body, in my relationships, in my family, in my marriage, something in ministry, something in church. What is something that you're asking me to change? And I'm telling you, if he's asking you to change, he's gonna give you the power and strength to help you do it. But don't do it alone. Especially if it's a sin issue. If it's a sin issue, don't leave this building with the weight of that sin on your shoulders. You need to repent, ask God to forgive you. And remember, he doesn't just cover our sin, he removes our sin. It's gonna be a lot easier to run your race if you're not being bogged down by sin. So step one is to repent. Step one is to turn away from your sin. Step one is to run to the Father and say, God, forgive me of my sin. So for some of you, there's gonna be some things you need to stop doing. But for some of you, it's gonna be some things you need to start doing. Like, Lord, I commit myself to, to read the Bible every day. I commit myself to become a person of prayer. I commit myself to become a person of worship, a person of faith, a person of love, a person who's connected. I'm gonna plug into a U group this week. I'm gonna sign up for membership lunch. I'm gonna get involved. So some people gotta stop doing some stuff. Some people gotta start doing some stuff. But whatever you do, I want you to tell somebody. Get some, this is just personal advice from a guy that's been doing this for a long time. If you tell somebody, hey, I'm gonna finally stop this. I'm gonna finally start that. Would you help me? Text me. I'm gonna live healthy. I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna stop being on my phone all the time. I'm gonna stop looking at porn. I'm gonna stop overeating. I'm gonna stop whatever, wasting money. I'm gonna start giving. Whatever it is, get somebody in your corner. Get you a cheerleader. Get you a spiritual father, a spiritual mother to encourage you in your walk with God. Because it's never too late to make changes in your life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you transform us. We take off our former self and we put on the image of your son, Jesus. We put on righteousness. We put on holiness. We put on godliness. Lord, I've got some friends here today that need to make some changes. Some stuff they got to stop doing and some stuff they got to start doing. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to point that out. Your light, your flashlight, your spotlight in our heart, it's love. So Holy Spirit, we, we, we open up our, our hearts to you and we ask, is there anything we need to stop doing? Is there anything we need to start doing? And Lord, who can help us 
to make these changes in our life. Because when we're in our 80s, we want to look back and go, I'm so glad I made those changes. I wish I would have done it sooner, but I'm so glad. So let today be the day we make changes. Lord, there's people here that are probably struggling with sin. That's the first thing that has to change. We repent. We ask you to forgive us. You know, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're not right with God, if there's sin that's been holding you back and you know God's asking you to stop, I don't mean you stubbed your toe and said a bad word. I mean you're living in sin. This sin is going on and this sin is going to derail your heart and derail your life. Today's the day to stop, to put it under the blood of Jesus so that he can wash it away and make you holy. If you're not right with God, if maybe you got hit by a bus this afternoon and you're not sure you'd go to heaven, you can be absolutely sure because of your love for the Lord and his love for you that he wants to wash away your sin, that you would receive the gift of eternal life. So if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're not right with God and you would like to pray a prayer to get right with God, it might be the first time in your life you've ever prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time. But today is your day to get right with the Lord. I can help you, but I can't pray it for you. Does that make sense? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, would you shoot your hand up real high right now and just say, preacher, help me, pray for me. I want to get right with God today. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. I see your hand back there. Anybody else? Come on. Yay, God. I'm so proud of you. Wow, I'm proud of you. All right, YouTube. I saw three people shoot their hand up and say, I'm getting right with God. What about you? Right there. You're watching this service. You've been involved this whole time. And God's pounding on your heart. There's some things he wants you to stop doing, some things he wants you to start doing. You need to get right with God today. So right there between you and YouTube, would you shoot your hand up and say, I'm going to pray this prayer. I'm going to get right with Jesus. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent and I surrender my life to you. I want to make changes to become more like you. There's some things I need to stop doing. There's some things I need to start doing to become more like you. So Holy Spirit, help me. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive the gift of eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I surrender to you. Transform me in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Hey, for the three of you that prayed that prayer, man, I'm so proud of you. Wow, I'm so proud of you. Golly, what a great day. What a great day. All right, here's what we're going to do. You three that raised your hand right now, I want you to go down and pray with these prayer team members that are by this Jesus wall. You that are watching online, I want you to text the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. That's going to send you a form to fill out. Click that form, fill it out, click submit, and we're going to put your name on a light bulb on the Jesus wall. I'd like our prayer team to come right now. If you need prayer because there's pain in your body, sickness in your body, maybe there's something you got to get off your chest and you got to stop doing or start doing, these men and 
women want to pray for you. So right now, if, if maybe there's a situation where you've already known, hey, this is what's got to change in my life. I want you to reach over and maybe you've got a friend here, a loved one here, somebody from your you group here, and just say, hey, I've got to make some changes in my life. I, I don't want to live another day doing this or not doing this. I'm absolutely making changes. And then for the rest of us, I want you to lift your heart. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voices. Why? Because a hammer was created to drive nails and a coffee cup was created to hold coffee. You were created for worship. You were created to be in his presence and to honor him and bless him. It's what your created purpose is. So your value is not in how much money you make or the good things you did or the bad things you did. Your value is tested in moments like this. Will you live up to your created purpose in life? Lift your heart, lift your hands, lift your voice, and let's worship God. Come on, church. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.